Today on This American Dice, facing down a monster inside the lunar cave. Also, <clears throat> also, hey everybody, so this episode is an example of a slight problem. We were recording this session and a little bit in we stopped the recording and apparently uh, when we thought we had picked it back up, the file never saved. So, shockingly, there will be a sudden big change in how things work as we tried to piece it together through notes to kind of make the narrative continue to make sense, even though we lost probably like an hour and 45 minutes to two hours worth of actual gameplay. So, see if you can figure out exactly where it goes from being a regular actual play to us maybe reading a script of the notes and then, you know, back. Um, if you do figure it out, please write to us at 255-525-255, uh, Boynton North Boynton, um, 34125. Thank you. We see a messenger on a horse, um, kind of, uh, trotting along on this, uh, down this kind of country road coming to uh, kind of this little way station. Seemingly, like, all we see around it are just these fields. <clears throat> uh, the messenger comes to the way station, and he gets off the horse. He talks to, like, a servant who's there, and we see that the two of them are, like, exchanging exchanging words, and the servant, of course, is, like, bowing. The messenger seems like uh, they're... One of the low-ranking samurai, probably like a lot of the Thunder Guard are, um, where they're more important than a than a peasant, but they're maybe not super important. After all, he's literally kind of a dignified mailman in this case, although that is a super important job at times. Is it Ajo or June? The only two named Thunder Guard? So this person is not a Thunder Guard. Oh. So I think we can see that they... Uh, yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, there's someone who's essentially just... Uh, who is just a messenger. Was like working in the service of, uh, of of someone to just deliver these messages. So um, they per this person has to kind of go out. They hop back on the horse and they kind of this time not so much trot or move as quickly and head kind of off the beaten path. And off in the distance, we can see that there is a campfire. And this person um, comes to the campfire just to kind of where we can see that there's a person, like one lone figure, kind of sitting at the campfire. The messenger gets off the horse and slowly approaches. When the lone figure finally stands up, the messenger bows. And you hear, what do you want? And you turn, um, and enough of the fire's light catches and we see the face of Kuni Renyu. The messenger says, I have messages for you. And he says, messages, he says, from, uh, from Ryoko Wari. And he kind of steps up and reaches into, uh, reaches into like a satchel that he has and pulls out two messages. Uh, the first message, Kuni Renyu opens and, um, we see that it has the, the mark of the Emerald Magistrates on it. And um, 
can remember that Hideishi had sent him a message. He reads it to himself, and he folds it up. Throws it away. Um, I don't think he throws it away, but he folds it up, and he kind of, like, puts it down. And then he opens the other one, and the other one isn't written anywhere near as nicely, and it's not stamped anywhere near as officially. Um, but for this one, which we had not seen as the audience, we get, like, a voiceover over the Japanese text. Mm-hmm. And so um, we hear, like, uh, basically, like, we, we didn't want to contact you about this, it's, but we're very concerned uh, that our commanding officer is acting suspiciously. There's something going on here that we think warrants your attention or one of the witch hunters' attention. Um, we're not sure if we're not sure if our commanders we're not sure if our commander is up to the task. His behaviors have been somewhat suspicious, and I think the word suspicious is real, like smudged, kind of as if the person um, was almost writing it in a way where they felt distressed or unsure of how to put it. Like crossed out. Yeah, maybe it is. Um, or like, yeah. And the second time it's underlined. Yeah. And so, uh, and I think it just says, uh, like, please, please come, like, please, please send someone as soon as you can. And uh, it's signed, I think, either Shijay or Goro. A large city surrounded by green walls and acres and acres of poppy fields. A group of monks travel toward the city, exchanging prayers for whatever alms the poor peasants of the countryside can spare. In the noble quarter, we see a beautiful but imposing palace and a foreign-looking minareted estate. In the temple quarter, we see the glistening white temple of the sun goddess with a 60-foot pole topped by a shimmering golden spear and the temple of the fortune of wealth with its towering statue of the patriot god of the city. Next door in the merchant quarter, we see busy streets with noisy merchants selling wares from all over Rokugan and beyond. On the other side of the Bay of Drowned Honor, the fishermen's quarter, dirtier with poorer commoners, meaner gangs, and shabby dwellings amid the docks and warehouses. We pass the leather workers' quarter, the home of the Ada, the untouchables, and the only building of notice there, the city crematorium. Finally, we arrive at Teardrop Island, the license quarter, with its perpetual twilight of hanging lanterns, fine sake, and geisha houses. We follow a man in a basket hat as he's beckoned inside by a beautiful geisha. He enters and removes his hat. We see one of the monks from the beginning. Ryoku Owari, City of Lies. We have a shot of the PCs um, kind of standing around, and we have a shot of uh, the Oni that's dead in the, uh, like, in this alleyway. And we go back across the faces of the PCs, and then back to the Oni, and then we hop up to Kuni Renyu's face, and to the face of at least Goro and Shijay, and then kind of like a wide shot of 
all of the characters standing kind of in this alley. And the idea was that can you run you and the other crappy boys chased like mm-hmm. chased into Yeah. Them. <clears throat> so they had they had been chasing it apparently, and you guys ended up just as you raised power had you like be right where oh, you right. needed to be. Mm-hmm. And so you guys were able to catch this thing once they flushed it out to you essentially. Mm-hmm. So I think Kuni Renyu looks down and says Like, you killed it. Didn't he say you killed one or something like that? Ooh, I like that better, yeah. So alright. So it says you killed one? Yeah, so it's <clears throat> like you you killed one. Are there more in the city? Oh, there certainly are. We've seen but one at a time. If there are many, do you know their origin? He says, of course. Generally. Yeah. Good. Kind of. Well, he, he almost gives that kind of explanation. He says, <clears throat> he says, they're the things, they're the things selfish and stupid men drag out from the dark so they can, they can, uh, they can satiate their own hungers. Is this, um... This is a little one. But there are much bigger ones still left. You've seen one before. So you've said. This is, and this, this is the same thing as what I saw? This is the panic devil. Mm-hmm. So he's referencing the... The pterodactyl flying, the flying oni. <clears throat> pretty different well we were at the right place at the right time he says he says how fortuitous how long had you been chasing it he says we and you guys are in the if we look on the map you guys are near you guys are in the in the downhill you're in the downhill um, I think probably up this in this direction up here. Sure. And I think he says he was chasing it from up almost in the two gates area. Christ. <clears throat> that they had heard that there was something there and they worked to flush it away from the bay. And as he's saying this, um, again, there's... Are we like right on the front? Like, are we like right on the waterfront pretty much? I don't think you're on the waterfront. I think you're near... Um, I think you're in an alley. Like I think this thing did get like chased a little bit into an alley or away from the water. Okay. And um, uh, you are standing around its corpse, which has reverted definitely to um, like five foot tall, scrawny fish creature size. Um, That's something. So I I might say like to no one in particular. Like we have we do something with this body when they the head of burned it last time. It made half of them sick or dead or something. I kind of forget. Yeah, I think they did. I think eyebrows just said that they'd gotten sick. Mm. That's true. Even burning their corpses, toxic. Do you know how to deal with that, Nigeroi? I could try to cleanse it before burning, but I don't have any experience with that type of thing. I think as you guys are standing there kind of like having this discussion, um, uh, again, the five or six soldiers kind of seem nervous mm-hmm. and that's a little bit strange because theoretically 
the threat is done. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, do we, the rest of us, recognize them as his old troops? Yes. I think, it's, I think it's pretty pretty clear. They're probably like just pretty big. Like if you were like hanging out with, and these are my five buddies, and they're all Marines, kind of like a thing. Like, oh yeah, well, I could probably remember these dudes are pretty like big. And uh, I think they might be like more in armor and that kind of stuff than normal. And so they might be like all armored up and like have their weapons. Some of them might, some of them might have weapons that aren't just like katanas. I think like at least one or two of these guys carry the big like Tetsubo clubs. Mm-hmm. They're like massive war clubs um, that are made out of like wood and sometimes they say they're made of stone in this, but I think that'd be a little crazy. But it's like wood and metal like ringed yeah, together. Wood and yeah, stone at the top. And um, yeah, I think that is a point where you notice that also each of these guys wore essentially under Ishi they had been like deputies. Mm-hmm. Essentially, and so they still have those badges with them, and I think the badges are almost like tinier versions of your own. And these guys had been with you for a while; it wasn't just like I've deputized you, come with me, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, and so I think they have these kind of like small badges that they're wearing, um, and they each have just like a tiny little, like pea-sized thing of jade on it. Um, but yeah, these guys look kind of nervous. Actually, not this guy. Can you you? Yeah, I don't think Ty is interactive with him. I don't think you've ever seen him. Yeah, I'll say, well, um, do you know of a way to to get rid of this corpse? And he says, we'll take care of that when the danger's when the danger's done. What what immediate danger is there right now? situation roll? Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm just going to push a hint at that. <laughs> Alright, so we got an 11, so not bad. That's pretty good. Nice. Plus well, at least a 1. Alright, and do you have that advanced? No. Okay. <laughs> but that's the only good advanced one, Andrew. No. Why did you guys roll? Why? Why do we roll high? <laughs> Someone else? I would be on lookout for. Oof. Next. Um, Kuni Renyu is. Um, Kuni Renyu is implying that there's still more danger afoot, and you look at like the body positioning of the other guys, the other soldiers, um, and they're not facing this creature at all. They're facing you guys, as if you're the threat. And probably the majority of them are facing Ishii as if he's the threat. But all of them seem very nervous. And so, theoretically, Kuni Renyu and these guys, you can pick up that they view... They view you as the threat. So what is the biggest threat right now? This group of armed men who view you as a problem. They're nervous. Yeah, and some of them are a little... seem a little itchy right now.
Over the body of the panicked devil, Kuni Renyu and Ishii's deputies are staring at the PCs. The deputies seem nervous, and Renyu brings up that only Ishii isn't wearing a jade badge. He gives Ishii a finger of jade. Uh, I hide... Ishii hides the pain that it causes him. Renyu then takes the panicked devil's body outside the city to be burned, having Yugure assist him with the purification rituals. The smoke of the Oni's body drifts toward the moon, and Yugure discovers the, that Henjo, the Maho Tsukai, has taken his children to the lunar cave. He also discovers that Misaki is looking for her children, and that may end in bloodshed. The group splits up. Yugure and Ishii, Aji, Renyu, and the deputies are going to the lunar cave. Meanwhile, Tayo is looking for Mizuki. After speaking with Shoshiro Gobai, a known relative of Mizaki, Tayo heads to Kitsuki Jotomin's dojo with Ample acting as a bodyguard. When they arrive at Jotomin's, there's a ruckus inside. Meanwhile, the group arrives at the lunar cave. Aji notices footprints in the snow around the lunar cave, and they follow them to the entrance. Tayo and Ample enter the dojo and discover that Jotomin's butler has been killed, and soon they see that the ruckus they heard is Misaki wildly attacking Jotomin with a cleaver. Mizuki looks crazed and disheveled. Jotomin is avoiding her attacks and has held back on striking Mizuki as she recognizes her as Yugure's wife. When Tayo mentions that Mizaki is under assault by dark forces, Jotomin seems like she may attack Mizaki, and Tayo is forced to wrestle her to the ground. Tayo is hurt a bit in the process, but is successful. With Ample and Jotomin's help, Tayo brings Masaki to the house of Asako Kinto for healing. In the moon cave, the PCs enter and see a dark ritual being performed. The moon is shining into the cave, and it's a full moon, though it's not the right time of month for this. The room is bathed in an eerie red glow. There are cultists chanting around a mysterious symbol painted on the floor. The cultists are wearing masks of the moon god and bleeding onto the floor of the cave. Henjo, the Mehosukai that took Yugure's children, is crying out to the moon god to bring forth a servant to aid them in taking the earth back for him. Yugure's children are next to Henjo, who cuts a large snake's head down the middle and uses the fangs of the snake to have the children take part in the bloodletting. Ishii figures out that the Henjo is a Mahosuka, even though all of his rantings are related to the moon. Tayo arrives at Kinto's house. Kinto takes a while to answer the door. He has no servants and makes Tayo and company wait outside. When they finally go inside, tired of waiting, Kinto is covering something up. Tayo helps Kinto hold down Mizaki in order to treat her. In the meanwhile, Ample and Jatomin are watching. Tayo hears a terrible snap, and when he looks back to see Jotomin's neck has been broken by Ample, who is now advancing toward Tayo. Realizing Ample is likely under the influence of something evil, Tayo attempts to strike Ample with his Jade Magistrate's badge, but Ample simply grabs him sumo-style and throws him to the floor. Tayo is rendered unconscious. Now for the Moon Cult Showdown. The PCs rush in and Ishii attempts to interrupt the ritual. Unfortunately, as the first several cultists are killed, the blood spilled completes the ritual and an Oni has been summoned. The snake with the split head glows huge and terrifying into a two-headed hydra-like creature. 
Yugurei calls down a bolt of lightning on the snake as he warns the others that spilling more blood will only feed the dark energy of the room. As he says that, Ishii kills the Henjo right before the snake grabs him in his coils. Haji knows that he is no match for the snake, so he decides to save Ishii by cutting him loose from his armor. Kuni Renyu tries to snap Yugurei's kids out of a trance, but it takes Yugurei's cleansing water magic to do so. Ishii then kills the Oni, but in the process is nearly killed. Tayo captured, awakens. Tayo wakes to find that he's in Kinto's yard amidst the ruins, covered in an ancient serpentine hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. Over the hieroglyphics is a symbol similar to the one the moon cultist drew on the floor of the lunar cave. This symbol is drawn in fresh blood. Tayo's being held in place by Ample, who still seems to be in a trance. Soshi Serioku appears and says that killing Taya will help to destroy those that have wronged her. She criticizes the Shosuros and Bayushis for their greed and says Taya's death blood could be used to really accomplish something. Taya reluctantly offers to help her. A second woman in a basket hat appears and says, Yes, Suki, I think there is certainly a way we can get you to help us. I think are in this cave mm-hmm. and it's um, there's a bunch of these uh, cultists that have been kind of like grabbed or subdued there's uh, Henjo who has been cut in half there is uh, the withered the withered body of this Oni that remember it had turned into this giant hydra like snake what happens to it as it is, it's now dead. Oh, what if, you know, like, snake skin turns, like, all dry and brittle? Like, if after you do that, it's just that, and it just, like, crumbles. Just, like, the skin left. Yeah, like, it's that's pretty, all that's there. I was gonna story. say something like that, but then, like, <clears throat> a thousand snakes slither out and just disperse. What if, instead, it's, uh, when you slice into this creature, it's kind of wounded, and then it uh, almost petrifies and turns into that kind of snake skin-looking, like, shed snake skin, and then when it falls over... Um, and kind of like breaks up. <clears throat> snakes come out, but they're just snakes made of like blood almost, and they just evaporate after they get away, almost like dying. So that way you don't, the audience doesn't think like, do they have to kill those? Do they have to go after them? It's just like, oh, they're gone. Sure. So, and, and it further really cements like, boy, that thing was evil. Yeah. All right, so also in this room uh, are. Yugurei, Aji, Ishii, and Yugurei's two children. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you can see. Yeah. Oh, right. One, two, Scarf yep, from... <laughs> Kuri Renu is still here, right? Yes. Yeah. I think he's standing over... He's kind of surveying the scene. That'd be... Um, and he's looking over at these cultists. I think Yugurei is preoccupied. He's just basically, like, cleansed his kids of their delirium and just like comforting them and making sure they're okay and like see what they can remember if anything um, and just make sure they're not like evil or tainted or confused um, so I think the kids can tell you and this conversation with them is probably going on while everybody else in the lunar cave is doing other stuff um, your children can tell you that they like they awoke they had a dream and that they were 
um, that they they thought that they were following. They'll say that they thought that they were following their their father to something, but they'll like you can tell by the look on their face like they realize that that statement isn't accurate. Mm-hmm. And so okay. like they're not they weren't confused to think that that guy was you. They seem like they were perhaps in some kind of trance or another. Well, I'll just make sure they understand that uh, that that wasn't their dad. They understand that now, yeah. and they're correct, and it's okay. It's not their fault. And there's, they seem super confused. Like they almost seem like they've like emerged from like a fugue state kind of a thing that they were operating almost automatically. Right. Um, and they can tell you some of the things that they encountered, but all of the things are these like rather dreamlike things. Like they can say that they remember um, being uh, cut by thorns. They can say they remember um, like playing, playing jump room, playing playing in the garden. Um, Something about a belt. They can remember, yeah. They can remember like a lightning, they can remember a lightning storm and taking shelter with their father, but again, they know that that wasn't correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. So I'm just gonna like, basically everyone else can do the scene, but I gotta make, like, just comfort them, I think. Sure. All right. So, Ishii and Aji, again, uh, Kuni Renyu and the deputies are kind of working with these cultists. Um, essentially like arresting the equivalent of arresting them um, like kind of binding them uh, some of them struggle a little bit here and there um, but for the most part these guys can detain these remaining cultists I'll say there's like eight of them that are still alive eight of these cultists Hanji died right? Um, Henjo Henjo? yeah Henjo the Mehosu guy was cut in half he's got him he's very good Quite the, yeah. I'm really fucked up. I'm ready to go home. Huh. Ishii's ready to go. I think, okay, Ishii's just ready to go. He's fucked up, really fucked up. Okay. Um, super fucked up, my armor is like destroyed. I think, um, I think Kuni Renyu turns to whichever one of either Aji or Ishii is closest <clears throat> to him and says, says like, <clears throat> well, I'm a, he almost just says, are these people that you want to try? <clears throat> uh, yes. These people must face the emperor's uh, justice. Uh, they will probably be hanged by you, you know, the by next him, day. <laughs> I was going to let him hang him. So they should be publicly hanged. Oh, we need to send a message. I think he's. I think yeah. I think you can pick up pretty easily. He's asking you, do you want? Do you want to bother to bring these people back into the village? Do you want to bother to bring these people all the way back into Ryoko Awari, or do you want to just execute them here? Um, no, let's bring them back to the city and execute them there. Let's hang them on this big hang stage. Okay. How many are there? I think, eight. I think it's eight or so. He has room. That's fine. Can do it in sets of three. Yeah. <clears throat> Should I bring it back to the city? And then uh, announce that if anyone sees any 
cultist-like activities to uh, report it to the nearest Thunder Guard. So I can pop in that show and then I go to Thunder Guard like, God damn it, man. You can't just say shit like that. So, oh, we also, we also we can uh, use the cultists to blame that uh, fish monster because people like uh, looking for someone to blame. Yeah. More like public relations. And Cooney, Cooney Renu looks around and say, and will say, if that's what you if that's what you want to do, so long as if that's what you want to do, I don't care. So long as you know that there's something else that summoned that creature. <clears throat> It wasn't him. And he'll point over to Henjo's corpse. Uh, I think it'd be good to calm the city down for now. I think it'd be good to calm the city down for now. We can uh, redouble our efforts once the city is no longer in chaos. Uh, I'll ask Kuni Renyu, um, so this new threat, like, how much stronger do you think this person is over, when compared to Henjo? So Kuni Renyu is going to answer your question, for sure. But I want to make you make some kind of role to do this investigation through him. He's going to give you the information. But I want there to be a role connected to, to this to, to see if like something could go wrong with either his understanding of this or My shit that you can't see going on. Oh, so great at this. Roll like a sagacious Hold role. on. Yeah. What do we think this should be? Should it be a sagacious role or should it be it's an investigation? Or like a reader person, like yeah. Because he it's, said a statement. You know, sure. Yeah, and you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. All right. I'm down with that. We got a six plus. That's a six. Nice. That's a six, baby. All right. So, <laughs> very Nicole-esque there. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I think that Renu and those guys are kind of binding up these uh, cultists, and Renu kind of grabs one of them and starts to do kind of a very impromptu interrogation. And the, the cultist, through a lot of it, is doing... Um, you could tell that the cultist is afraid of what's going on, but they're uh, like kind of throwing back a lot of threats and curses and that kind of stuff back at you guys. And Renu will say, um, "There are Me- there are Mehosukai that don't even know that don't even know the powers they serve. There are Mehosukai like this, like like this Henjo." who think whatever spirit they're conjuring up is something that they can control. They don't know that they're pulling things out of the pits of hell. And, um, yeah, this this cultist is yelling about, like, the moon. Like, Lord Moon created this world with the sun, and you're, like, he's more powerful than heaven and hell combined. You don't have any chance. I don't know why he sounds like an old man. You don't have any chance to stop, to stop him. He's more than... More than Jigoku's curses, he is the one who created this earth and every little bit of you that's ever been made. Like he's like saying this stuff, but you can tell he's also like real scared, kind of. And so this kind of stuff is coming out of a person who's been backed into a corner. Yeah, he'll just tell you that Henjo Kuni Renji will tell you like the way this seemed is this dude didn't even know he was a Mehosukai. He thought he was worshiping the moon, 
and he looks around at this symbol, and he goes, I don't know what this symbol even is. Like, it's that it's not connected to anything, like, related to Mayho that he knows of. Um, what did I No, uh... I prefer light Mayho anyway. No, he, he won't say that he doesn't know what it is. So, he looks, he looks around at all this stuff and say, there's a chance this man... That's what it is. There's a chance this man doesn't even know what this symbol means. Um, there he goes. That's a change up to it. And... What is it? So... He'll say like that it's just like a symbol of uh, Ooh, I think Kuni Renu will uh, Kuni Renu will say, the less you know about it, the better. It's kind of how that part he'll kind of like hold into himself. Unless you want to check out what he really knows. Right, <laughs> Detective? Absolutely. What's this blood it taste like? Oh, oh my god, god. three. Once it's six, but that's time to get All right, damn. Yeah. I know nothing. Yeah, Kuni Renu, Kuni Renu just says the less, or yeah, he'll, like, if you are kind of like, you kind of eye it again, um, he'll say, like, he'll say, the more you, the more you look into the darkness, the more it looks back at you. But he'll say it in his, the more you look into the darkness, the more it looks back at you. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll light another cigarette. No, um, but yeah, he'll 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 tell you that Aji that like this guy didn't know what was going on, and based on how he was talking, and based on the fact that they came back to this lunar cave, and that now all of a sudden they got this, and that Yugare had said that some a Kansen, some dark spirit, had offered him to help. He goes, this person was inspired by whoever summoned that um, that the fish creature, the panic devil. This person, Henjo, was inspired by whoever is tied to that flying beast you saw, Ishii. I'm just going to talk to him, yeah. Yeah, but he's... <clears throat> yeah. So it's tied to the, to the, the demon tongue girl? Okay. Demon tongue, tongue demon? Okay. Copycats. <laughs> That's so sad to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm right now. You should real fuck that. Okay. If you couldn't tell by the demon tongue tongue time, you don't. Oh, yeah, you, you did the move where you don't die last time, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh. No. Well, yeah. his move is he gets yeah, an extra action. My right, move activated. The, the regular beginning. Nothing happened. Not the move. Yeah. Right. My move activated and then nothing happened. All right. So. <laughs> I think you guys. Um, start heading out and um, most of these deputies can uh, kind of manhandle two of these uh, two of these people at a time mm-hmm. and uh, maybe one of the deputies can help you kind of move along Wonderful. Uh, and I think Kuni Renyu kind of either pulls ahead or holds back to help Aji Renyu kind of pulls Aji to the side mm. And says, yeah, <laughs> and just says, <laughs> like, how well do you how well do you know how well do you know him? And he kind of nods over to Ishi. You do remember that in the last game you saw you wondered to yourself how is it that Ishi could possibly do this stuff? Yeah. <sighs> when when Aji thinks about it, like he just. Uh, Ishii has always been like this tall, silent, 
like man in armor, kind of like stoic. So he actually doesn't know that much about Ishii. He's not even wearing the armor. Except right he now. killed the man in his from like waking <laughs> in a nightmare. And that's pretty much the biggest thing he knows. <laughs> that's so much shit. So, that's the most memorable part. <laughs> which out of this shit. Which Haji relays to you know, Cooney later. Yeah, that's oh, the only man, time you yeah. woke us all up in the middle of the night with murder. Sure. I think, I think Cooney Renu, Cooney Renu kind of uh, like continues on quietly for a while. You guys get to near like the part where you have to squeeze through this part of the cave. Um, to get out, which is going to be pretty awkward to force ca- captives out of here with this. You just don't have a sword and poke them. Um, but the... He just says... He just says, there's a lot of people who... There's a lot of people who go hunting after monsters. And it takes a lot to not become one yourself. I understand. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, you guys start prodding these people through. Uh, I think probably either Aji or Renu or both of you go through first, and then kind of the deputies and the other folks push the other captives, like, forward. They might even do it just, like, two people at a time, pushing them forward. And it takes it takes a long time because it's it's tough to kind of sneak through this cave, and it's easy for these folks to almost just try to refuse to move and have to be like kind of pulled or forced out of that case. And I think that um, we see uh, Ishi kind of moving forward and being like helped along by one of the deputies. Mm-hmm being kind of like, you have to go through this thing on your own. And uh, I think you get stuck briefly. Okay. In this, like, literally, like, you are having a hard time, like, your body is so kind of messed up, like, getting through here is difficult. Um, And I think we kind of cut away with you in this like kind of panic situation of like your body is trapped in this little crevice. City of Lies is Tone as Kakita Aji, Brandon as Hida Ishi, David as Bayushi Tayo, Andrew as Agasha Yugure and Austin as your Game Master. The theme music for City of Lies is Mission of Danger by Lobo Loco. Additional music for this episode includes Volcano Lake by Lobo Loco. Our intro was read by Scott. This American Dice, Ryoko Wari, City of Lies, uses the City of Lies box set by Greg Stoles, published by Alderac Entertainment Group. The mechanics used is a modified PBTA system by Brendan Taylor of Galileo Games. Join us next time for more This American Dice. Hey everybody, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher, 
It would really help This American Dice. And for every five-star review we receive, we'll read it on air. Join us next week for another episode of This American Dice. It deflates like a balloon. It deflates like a balloon. It's just this yeah. withered thing. No flies running around, too. I like it. And it goes, I'm the only cushion man. Um, I'm just, just going to keep letting it roll. Get something from the door. <gasps> it's the microphone. It's the microphone. You have little faith. It's before nine. It's the microphone. It has happened only an hour into recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we take another break, we can mess with this. All right, let's Hell yeah. restart. Restart. Fuck everything. Oh. Get your scripts ready. Get your scripts ready, guys. Okay. Let's get this audio quality. Yeah. It's only going to be so much worse when it's halfway through a fucking episode. That would be...